it was all mental bullying back from my parents. I had to get over that hurdle of like, okay, well, you graduated, you have a full-time job, you had your own home, now you're moving in back with your parents. You know, if you're seeing my progression linearly, you might think that I'm going backwards. But in reality, I was just setting up the platform to be able to go on a, you know, go on a spaceship and go to the moon. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 110 of the Creating Wealth Podcast. Today, we have the great pleasure of chatting with Leo Casillas. Leo is a founder and CEO of the awesome Eclipse Buys Houses Group and also a phenomenal agent over at Cameron Real Estate. Leo, super, super stoked to have you on here, man. How the heck are you? <laughs> Dude, happy to be here. Excited. Yeah, we're doing well, man. We're doing well. Can't complain. Love to hear it, my friend. Absolutely. So to kind of, you know, dig right into things, you know, start to kind of tell us your your superhero backstory, man. You know, what kind of got you into real estate? How'd you get the bug? Oh, man. Oh, that's an awesome kind of way to start. So I've always thought about real estate from a, from an early age. Um, just always something that I had in my mind, to be quite honest, started off with my mom. She always just thought that, you know, we, we immigrated here when I was 14 from the Dominican Republic. So my parents always owned real estate back home. My mom always thought about it as this like vehicle to really advance forward and being the most important part of the American dream. So when I went to college, you know, I wanted to be a computer science engineer. Uh, didn't plan out that way. Just wasn't my skill sets. It wasn't the way that my kind of personality lined up. I ended up doing accounting for a hot second, and that was a little bit too dull for me. <laughs> and then the next thing about that was finance. So I ended up graduating in 2018 with a degree in finance. At that moment, I was always thinking about, okay, I'm going to go into investment banking. That's going to be the path for me. I'm going to make my wealth through, you know, being the best employer that I can be, being the best analyst that I can be. I joined this three-year rotational program at Akamai Technologies, a um, CDN provider in Boston. And that was after I came to the conclusion during an internship that investment banking wasn't for me either, right? I was working too long. I just didn't feel like that progression was going to be where I wanted to be. So I joined corporate right out, right out of school. I took three weeks off from end of graduation to day one of working. And when I was in there, dude, it wasn't just what I wanted it to be. You know, I progression was slow. It was it was very regimented. You know, you had to do X amount of years to be able to move to the next level. You had to do, you know, these and this other kind of certifications to be able to move on. And that wasn't what I wanted to do. You know, I actually stumbled into Tom Caffarella's podcast my senior year of college. And that kind of started the brain to move. I've been hearing a lot of things about, you know, which dad, poor dad. I should read this book and the other book. And I was just a little overwhelmed with what I wanted it to do. So I reached out to one of my college kind of professors and I told them what I was looking to do. She connected me with Pamela. Um, Pamela ended up going to my school. She gave a chat my senior year about real estate investing. I went to it. 
my mind was like, I'm a little iffy about it. You know, she was the serial entrepreneur. I never felt like I was an entrepreneur. I wanted to create wealth, right? You know, that was my superhero story, I guess. And then once I spoke with Pamela, she said, listen, if you really want to get into this thing, get your license and listen to bigger pockets. That was while I was working as a financial analyst. And I was like, you know what, Pamela, I'll do it. Um, from there on out, dude, I listened from episode one all the way up to date in 2019. So I listened to basically every single episode every day. I was working six days a week. So every day I would listen to two episodes a day just to get the mind going, start formulating those ideas, running it just kind of cultivated my mind, just changing my mindset, right? Once that happened, I got my license while I was working there. I started selling real estate on the side and working as an analyst. Um, I was gearing up to, you know, truly make that switch. When I came to the realization that flipping houses was a lot more lucrative than selling houses, right? Once that, once that kind of like aha moment came to me, I was like, dude, okay, I'm gonna flip houses now, right? So I sit my mom down. I'm like, listen, I'm saving what I can. I need to do this. You know, there's something I want to do. She said, you don't really have a plan. Spoke to some of my mentors. I gave them the same spiel. But I'm like, I have a feeling, but I don't have a plan. And that was one of the first mistakes I was making. I'm like, okay, well, I need to become a little bit more financially nimble. So I broke my lease in my apartment in Somerville. I moved back to my mom's basement. <laughs> basement. I saved every dollar that I could. Um, and then from there on out, um, my first flip, I met Brianna. And then I guess the rest is history. Wow. I love that, man. That's Isn't absolutely that incredible. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's nuts, dude. Especially like, you know, to, to kind of hear like a presentation like that in, in college and stuff like that. And like, really like, you know, start to kind of leverage like some of those connections and be like, Hey, you know, like this is kind of, you know, what I'm flowing into. Like the, this is like what right. really like makes my ears perk up and then, you know, have a couple people out there to be able to, to right. kind of guide you further in the right direction. I love it, man. Absolutely. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I thought it was good. I think Pamela gave me like, she, she wanted to test my commitment and I know it was just a LinkedIn message, dude. It never went to a phone call and never turned into anything else. It was like, if you want to get into it, get your license, listen to bigger pockets, right? And it was just the start of it all, you know, just kind of getting the ideas formulating in my head. And from there on out, I had to commit to it, right? Um, it was hard to be an investor when I had, when I was paying $2,500 in rent every month in my summer apartment. It was hard to, to be financially nimble if I was, I was making enough money just to live and to go out to dinners every day. So there was a huge mental shift that had to take place before I was even ready to step into that arena and start investing into real estate. I love it, man. And huge respect to, um, to moving back in with your parents. And I feel you, dude. I'm, I'm in my mom's basement right now and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. That's how it yeah. starts. That's how it starts. And I, and I think a lot of people just don't understand what type of commitment it takes to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. What type of commitment it takes to go, you know what, dude, I'm going to stop this lifestyle because this is just a lifestyle. It's temporary and it's only for a moment. I'm going to truly go out there and make real wealth. And if it takes me three, four or five years to build that foundation to be able to do so, then it's worthwhile to me because at least it's mine and no one can take that away. 
Definitely, man. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, that was the difference, man. So, a hundred percent, man. So, take us kind of through, you know, moving back in with your parents, like banking up a lot more money, and like, how did that first deal come along? Like, like, what were you feeling? Like, yeah, like it was time, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know, hundred percent. So, I think a lot of it had to. It was all mental moving in back from my parents. I had to get over that hurdle of like, okay, well, you graduated, you have a full-time job, you had your own home, now you're moving in back with your parents. You know, if you're seeing my progression linearly, you might think that I'm going backwards, but in reality, I was just setting up the platform to be able to go on a, you know, go on a spaceship and go to the moon, mm-hmm. right? And that's the way I was seeing it throughout. So from there on out, dude, I um, stayed there for a year, more than a year, a lot longer than a year. Uh, but I was just saving every dollar that I could. I've reduced my expenses to a minimum. I never got a new car. I never did anything. I just was going to work and coming back. COVID was one of those moments for us in our business that allowed me to take the next step with little risks, right? Because now I don't have an overhead. I reduced my overhead costs. Just living at home. I was able to put more into marketing dollars in terms of my real estate business as an agency business, right? And when COVID hit, I was forced to work from home. And as you remember, the real estate market was blowing up at the time. So I went out there and I started selling real estate, started saving every dollar that I could. And by the end of it all, I had about $100,000 in cash. And Brianna was like, she was starting her process and had, she had her particular journey. Um, we went to like a Friendsgiving or like a friendship event thing. She went to my high school at the time, but we never met each other during college or anything. So she was like, Hey, listen, I'm trying to get into real estate. I'm trying to flip houses. You know, I started architecture just to be able to do this. And I was like, dude, like you have no idea what I've done to be able <laughs> to flip houses. Uh-huh. She's like, and then she goes, are you living with your parents? I'm like, I'm living with my parents. Are you living with your parents? She's like, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do this thing. <laughs> From there on out, dude, we got together and we made um, Eclipse Buys Homes. That was our first thing. You know, we didn't have a group at um, I was just selling license. I was selling real via my license. No group, no, no the Eclipse group, nothing. It was just Eclipse Buys Homes. We were the first company. We put that together, made a website, made postcards, made letters. I had a conversation with my old broker at the time. And we just went out there and did it, dude. Knocked on doors, cold called, sent postcards, sent letters. And our first postcard sent out, we got our first lead. Let's go. Which which led to our first house. And um, you know, that that summer I was buying my first flip, still working in corporate, still working in nine five, still living in my parents' house. And we took out a hard money loan. Brandon and I got together and we're like, dude, let's freaking do this thing. And we just fucking did it. I love it, man. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, no, I I absolutely love that, man. Seriously. Like, you know, especially like, you know, just kind of taking those steps into the unknown and like, you know, not letting your mind kind of, you know, stop you at at different points. Like, you know what? No, we're doing this. Like, like it's here. Like let's just run. Let's do it. You know, let's like do see it. what happens. Let's yeah. Do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's just go out there and do it. I think a lot had to do with that mental priming that I had two years before, right? It didn't start off with me flipping my first house in like a year. It went from 
two years of reducing my expenses, not living, not just working to go out on the weekends, right? It went with changing my friend group. It went went from um, changing my expenses. What does that look like on a day-to-day basis? Yep. It went from, you know, small things like cooking at home more often, right? Taking the commuter rail into Boston instead of just, tra- you know, riding my bike because I live in Somerville and to work. So all those little steps led to us being able to buy our first web at the age of 24 because we did the things that, that were uncomfortable to do prior to that. I love it, man. Definitely. You yeah. lived like no one else, so you could live like no one else. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yes. That's phenomenal, man. Oh, my goodness. So kind of like going into that first project, like you got the hard money loan, um, yeah. you know, kind of starting to put the pieces together. Like, did you did you do like a lot of the work yourself or like did you kind of delegate a lot of it out like right off the bat? Like how? Yeah. How did go? <laughs> so Brianna and I had this plan to get a GC to help us with a lot of the big stuff. Yep. The problem was that the GC just could tell that we were so green. You went in there for four days. He put up an LVL, took down some walls, and never came back again. Wow. Um, just like left us in the middle of this, you know, at the time, what I thought to be this humongous project. Mm-hmm. Um, overwhelmed dude, you know, I still was working. I could, it's not like I could go there and work 10 hours a day. I don't know what I was doing. I was watching YouTube videos to figure it out. I knew nothing about construction. Absolutely nothing. And, but this is what I wanted to do. So Brianna and I decided, you know what, dude, we got to just go out and do it. So I will get there at four in the morning. I will leave by 8.30, go into work. I will work from home at that time, which is like a little space in the back of the flip that I cover with plastic and I had my laptop on. I would work um, six hours, six or seven hours. Then I would work in construction at the house where I was. Then once we did that, then I would come home and then I would finish whatever tasks I had from my nine to five at nighttime. And I did that for three months. Wow. You got to do what you got to do. It was insane. (laughs) It was insane, you know, and, but, you know, I was happy that I had a partner Brianna really ran it like a GC and, you know, we ended up getting, a helper at the time and he knew a lot about construction and we just made it happen so i'm happy and fortunate that i had a great partner like brianna we were able to really flip that house and you know what i thought to be little time it was three months but it was the longest three months of my life <laughs> but it was also the most rewarding time of my life you know it was oh, the first definitely. time that i had something that was mine you mm-hmm. know and something that was my my efforts and yeah, man, that first project, we learned tons. And, you know, I ended up going, I did go to business school, but my first year flipping houses was the most gratifying learning experience of my entire life. I learned more about business in that one year that I did in my entire four years. And I say that confidently, Yeah. right? Because you learn how to deal with people. I never people managed before. Run an actual budget that's your own. You know, dealing with a hard money lender, dealing with expectations, and it was it was a tough one, but very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Definitely, man. No, it's it's crazy. Like you say that, you know what I mean? Like just like being thrown into this situation where like it's it's literally like 
exactly like you said you know it's it's your budget it's your right. contractors it's your deadlines timelines right like, like it's like you're in it you know like it's, yeah. it's almost like, right. a, like a like like a lab like kind of experiment you know like, <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. <laughs> oh yeah no absolutely man holy crap that's oh i love that so much <laughs> terrifying it was terrifying i remember going to sleep every night going like what in God's blue earth are you doing? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I was just always fatigued. Um, I was just, we were running like crazy people, like 5 a.m. home people pickups, um, dropping off material. We maxed out all our credit cards. I went from being super liquid to nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, we were we were really pushing the limits on what we could do. But we knew that was a best step forward. And we knew that then and we know that now. Yep. A hundred percent, man. And and the education in itself from that experience is is worth its weight in gold. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And we barely knew nothing. So we went from knowing nothing to learning a little bit more than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I mean, you got the first first project under your belt. Yeah. Um, had a contract to burn you for the first time, unfortunately. Yeah. But you know, and, and kind of the, the lessons and, and right. adaptations and stuff that, that come from that. Um love it, man. A- absolutely. So take us kind of through, you know, like eventually, like once you guys finished that project, um, got that thing sold off. How did that kind of go like you know, rolling into the next one, like, Hey, like we just did this. Like, I kind of want to do this again. Right. <laughs> that was, was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that the next step was, you know, we doubled our money from where we originally started, which was great. Um, at that point I sat down with my parents and I was like, listen, I'm going to quit my job. It's going to happen. Um, that's something I need to do. You know, I, I was able to do this. Now I want to do something more. And the reason I did that was because, like I told you earlier, we migrated here when I was 14. So my parents were part of that journey of getting me through college, helping me pay through school. So I felt responsible for letting them know why I was going to quit my, you know, my corporate nine to five. So I set them down. I was like, listen, this is just not for me. You know, this is what I want to do. I want to take on this journey. I want to move forward. And my parents agreed, but with the, with the rule that we had to figure it out in a year. And if I didn't figure it out in a year, I had to go back to corporate or start really figuring out what my next steps were going to be. Yep. But they just didn't want me to be home doing nothing. Yeah. Like, I understand that. Um, similar conversation with Brianna's parents. And we had cash. We knew what we needed to do. We started making marketing systems to see what's next. One of our marketing systems, part of our networks, led us to a two-family that was a potential for a bird. And you would think to yourself, dude, if you just did your first flip and do nothing, what makes you think you're going to get into a three-family renovation and then do a bird? <laughs> <laughs> no one. <laughs> no one told me I should. Um, it just penciled out, man, and it made a lot of sense. And the economical climate we were in at the time, interest rates being so low, I knew that I can get a DCR loan and be able to burn on the other side. I just learned about the theory, like, I wanted to like three weeks before that. And I was like, dude, I think this is just what we need to do. Like this property is primed for that, just that. And <laughs> that's exactly what we did. We took our proceeds from our first single family house. We bought a three family with the intention to burn the entire prop to burn the property. 
So buy, renovate, you know, the, the whole thing. And when we got in there, we was a little bigger than what we thought it was. And we still knew nothing about construction. So Brianna and I were like, hey, dude, what do we need to do? And I just thought to myself, back in like in college, I would take internships to learn something about a subject or learn something about an industry. You know, like I took an internship in investment banking, I took an internship in accounting, I took an internship in finance. I'm like, why don't we take an internship in construction? So I spoke with my GC and I was like, hey, how do you feel about Brianna and I being handy people or handy men um, and hopping in as day laborers? Just tell us what to do and we'll do it. Yeah. So for six months, we worked in construction in our three family bear. You know, we framed, we demoed, we did siding, we did flooring, uh, we installed cabinets, we installed that, we just, wow. we did carpentry, we installed windows, um, we did the thing for, for six months and uh, we were able to bury successfully at the end and we learned so much about construction and the process and the phases of it and the financing and the, you know, the whole strategy that it was just life changing at the time. And from there on out, we're like, all right, we know how to do construction. Now. What do you want to do with that information? Mm -hmm. And now we have an asset that's cash flowing. We were able to unlock the DCR loan. We were able to unlock what that looks like. Now we have an asset, we have cash flow, and we have cash. What do you want to do? We want to flip more houses. And from there on out, we just went at it. Wow. I love that concept, man. That like, like just creating that, um, that internship type of type of concept, Yeah, know? like the new project that you want to get into and stuff like that. And a hundred percent, I, I totally agree with you, man. You know, like yeah, if you can be able to create a situation, uh, or create an opportunity, I should say, that's more the word I'm looking for. Right. <laughs> if you're able to create that opportunity with some of the resources that are around you anyway to be able to get like such an in-depth education like that like right. that's beautiful like that's that's a, a really killer tip man you know like learn how to like you know put like windows in and stuff like that and right um, wow because because when you demystify something it becomes a lot more logical and less scary yeah right and that was our goal we wanted to learn the faces of construction right because it's hard to i thought at the time it was hard to lead it was our it was hard to set an expectation for someone to do something if I had no idea how to do it. Yeah. Right. So we just became immersed in it. And my real estate business, my agency business definitely took a hit because I wasn't prospecting. I wasn't cold calling. I wasn't going to open houses. I was working in construction for six months, but that was the cost I was willing to incur to be able to build my flipping business long term. Mm -hmm. So I was okay with that. And I, you know, and that's what we had to do. Yes. It was building that foundation in a kind of a different, yeah. different way. Like it's similar to the foundation that I built three years before that when I moved back home. Yep. Right. It's all about creating those fundamental steps to be able to move forward. Yes. It's the, the little things that, you know, you might not be able to see the impact of it right away until all of a sudden it's like, oh, here it is. <laughs> like <everything laughs> compounds and the kind of the, yeah. the hockey stick curve there yeah correct correct yeah <laughs> wow i love that leo holy crap man yeah. so I, I do want to ask you so what's kind of your uh your drive and your vision for the long term yeah it's a great question so we want to definitely 
we want to start building a much larger portfolio, right? We want to start kind of moving in that direction. Uh, we want to still do single family flips, obviously. Um, that's something we're passionate about, something we enjoy. And it's a part of real estate we really, really like. But our goal is to really start creating a feeling and a brand for ourselves. When you walk into an Eclipse home, like 16 Argyle Street, 52 Hewitt Street, uh, 157 Morton Street. They're just completely different than what you, we're doing green bathrooms, you know? So we want to continue to create that name for ourselves and start to differ, differentiate ourselves in the market as time comes on. Yes. With that being said, you know, Brianna is just a killer when it comes to that. And I think the largest, the biggest difference is, you know, Brianna is an interior designer slash architect that became a developer. It's not like a developer who hired an interior designer or an architect, mm -hmm. right? And that's the difference. And I want to continue to use our uniqueness to build great quality homes, right? So that's definitely one of our biggest priorities. Secondly is being able to get multifamilies and more apartments under our belt to increase that cash flow on a month-to-month -month basis to allow us to flip more homes here. Yes. Right. So that's kind of our goal. Um, and that's our kind of plan for the future. That's awesome, man. I love how everything like like works like in a giant circle, you know, like you yes. buy more multis to produce more income to buy more. Right. Flip, and, like, everything's, like, <laughs> inter intertwined. Yeah. You know? Hell yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and the hardest part is like the shiny object effect. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I can but I can but I can do more wholesales, but I can sell more houses, but I can do this. And, and I think. You know, I'm happy that I have someone like Tom to help me just kind of gravitate back to her. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, but what are you truly doing to move that needle, mm -hmm. right? To what is your highest ROI per activity, yeah. right? Is that cold calling buyer leads or is that cold calling sellers, right? And just having that conversation will allow you to know that, okay, my time is better spent doing X, Y, and Z as opposed to T. And, and knowing that is important. Definitely, man. And it's, I feel like it's something that's really necessary too, to be able to have those people in your circle that you can go to. Right. Because like, I feel like it's sometimes like the answer is like right there in front of you, but like, you can't see right. it, you know, like your mind's going a million miles a minute and it's like, all right, like I got to do right. this, 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 and this, and like all this cool stuff going on and, and everything. And, yeah. but it, it takes, you know, somebody exactly like a Tom to be like, dude, no, like just like, do it, do this, <laughs> you know? yeah. like, it's right. all good, you know? <laughs> yeah, because when you first start, you're so excited. You want to uh -huh. do a thousand things. You're like, you know, when I first started, I'm like, oh man, I can get into wholesaling. Oh man, I can get into flipping. I want to buy more multis. I want to sell more houses. But it's like, okay, what are you going to do this year? And I think that was my hardest part of my first year. I was getting into an ass proud. I was, you know, underwriting every single FHA home. And, and granted, I wanted to start my journey in the easiest path, which I think is owner-occupied three-family. I thought that's what I wanted to do. But when I graduated college and I got my FHA approval, pre-approval, it was only for five fifty, dollars know, And I live in Lynn. I was looking for a three-family in that price range, that cash flow. Yeah. And I looked for a year and I couldn't find one, right? But I wasn't going to let that discourage me from entering the market, right? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to find one that works for me. Uh, I'm going to have to figure out what's going to be the one that does it for me. And then, because I was determined to get into it. 
So I was like, okay, well, if it's not a multi, if it's not a three family owner occupied, then it's going to be a single family flip. And that's mm-hmm. what I ended up doing until I was able to birth my, my next one afterwards. Yes. I definitely feel you with that, man. I, when I first got pre-approved, it was for like, like 300,000 with, with the income right. that I made and I'm, I'm up in Tuxbury, you know? So mm. I, I really liked uh, the Lowell market and I was like, oh, you know, like, what can I do with that? And it wasn't really much <laughs> because, you know, I also was going to be owner occupying exactly like you mentioned right. man. and like, you know, doing the whole house hacking thing. And eventually, like, you know, some situations changed, like I made a little bit more money, put more away, stuff like that. Um, You know, kind of learned about like, oh, you know, well, if you go into a three or a four, then, you know, they can use the income and to help you, your income, stuff like that. And um, eventually it ended up pushing me out west a little bit. Well, west for what I think is west, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, towards Lemonster. And I was like, oh, you know, like you could get a, a three or a four for I bought mine at 470. You know what I mean? Right. I'm like, that's a lot more workable than, you know, the $612,000 one in Lowell. Correct. That was falling apart. <laughs> you know, like, correct. Um, that I don't know if, side note, I don't know if you know that story, Leo. I'll, I'll have to tell you sometime if you haven't heard it already. Yeah. But there was a three family in Lowell on School Street that um, was on the market for 600000 uh last two years ago. And, I originally put it under contract, like got it accepted, like went to do my inspection, found out that like the whole house was basically falling apart. Like that, that oh, one man. inspection alone was like one hell of an education, like, like <laughs> so many, so many different levels, you know, but basically I, I had to walk away from that deal because I found out that it was way too much that I could chew. But I find wow. out later that our buddy Mike Weatherby ended up buying that project like with a construction <laughs> loan like later and like did yeah. all this crazy stuff and like man like it just I'll, I'll have to tell you the story about that someday, man. or a- ask Mike about it. it it just the whole thing was freaking hilarious like it was just like such a small world it was crazy <laughs> that's but the not. that's the part uh-huh that's exactly. the part that's the part and I and I had a similar story like that <clears throat> I found this this two family in Lynn I can buy FHA. I can do an owner occupied to it. And it was a chapter 13 bankruptcy sale. So the property was on the market for 600,000. I get under agreement for 500,000. So a $100,000 less. I'm doing FHA. So Brianna and I go on the weekends and the house has a bunch of chipping paint and we know it's not going to pass FHA financing. So we go there with the seller's permission and we paint the exterior of the house in November. And wow. we don't do a good job. We just like <laughs> throwing paint on there just to throw paint. Uh-huh. It turns out that then the agent has to put the property back on the market with a 5% increase of what my offer was. He puts it on the market for 525. You know, I'm per- I have a purchase and sale sign, which is that contingency. And no one sells, no one looked at the property at 600,000, but everyone and their parents put an offer at it at 525. Wow. You know, end of the day, <laughs> I thought this was going to be the house for me. The numbers worked out. The as is appraisal value came at, came back at 625. I had it under agreement at five. I was going to make 125K in equity just from purchasing the property. Um, a cash investor comes in, buys it for 550 all cash, leaves me in the dust. Um, and at that point, I just simply decided, I'm like, dude, like, Owner occupied, it's not going to be my start. It's not going to be my superhero story. 
this is not going to be it for me. Yep. Right. This is not going to be. I'm in a really hot market. I'm 20 minutes away outside of Boston. I want to stay in Lynn. It's just not going to work out for me. Mm-hmm. So I got to figure out something that is. I'm like, all right, man, we got to start looking for things off market. And that's where the birth of Eclipse Pass Homes came out of. Yes. You know, we needed to go into a market that wasn't as competitive as it was. And that investor for that property ended up selling that property for eight twenty five at the other side. <laughs> wow. Insane. <laughs> Insane. I was like, all right, lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts, lesson man. Like, yeah, it, exactly. And I do want to bring up a really important point that you made there, man, was like when, you know, you're looking to get into the industry for the first time, you know, everybody and their mother, like bigger pockets, like everybody recommends right. like, oh, the best way to do it is, you know, an FHA, like three family right. owner rock. And it, it sounds great. But like the question that you have to ask yourself is, is that the way that works for you to be able to start? You know, because Correct. for some people, like you mentioned, man, like, yeah, you know, like lowest barrier to entry, like cash wise, like pros, cons, right. like all this stuff. But does that physically work for you and your situation, you know, and, and kind of fit your goals and everything? Or like, does it make more sense to maybe wait a little bit more and, and kind of pivot in a different direction to be able to like, you know, get that first flip under your belt, like, and just right. kind of start like, you know, my point is, is like, as much as everybody recommends the FHA, uh, like owner occupancy, house hacking thing, it might not necessarily be the best thing for you. You know, it, it might be the first flip or it might be like, you know, like partnering up with somebody on something like right. just because it's an option doesn't mean it's the best option for you. You know, I fully, I fully agree. Kyle. I agree. Cause it's like, you can stay on the silence as long as you want, but activity is always going to trump analysis. Yes. It's just a fact. <laughs> yep. Right. So if you're on the silence going, okay, I'm going to wait for FHA owner occupied to be feasible for me. You might be waiting for a long time. Yeah. Right. And at that period of time in my life, I wasn't willing to wait longer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to get into this thing. Me not wanting to wait does not equate that I wasn't running my deal analysis correctly either. Right. You can't have rosy glasses when you're looking at deals nonetheless, because you will get burnt if you don't run your numbers correctly. So at that point, I was like, okay, well, owner occupied is not for me. Single family house is going to be what I'm going to do. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to step out of the sidelines and get into the game. Mm-hmm. That's what I was willing to do at the time. And with my skill sets and Brianna's skill sets and the cash that we saved, we were able to do so. But yeah. you got to give yourself options. Definitely you want to be in a situation where you have the most options to do whatever you can. Definitely, man. I, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, Leo, a question that I do like to ask every guest because it, it is pretty yep. interesting. How do you define wealth? It's a great question. <laughs> if you need some time to think about it, that's totally cool. <laughs> it's it's not really a yes or no or you know black and white kind of yeah. question. You know? <laughs> Are you defining well? The first thing that comes to my mind is like freedom of my time mm-hmm. and the ability to do with my time as I like. Yes. Right. If I want to go skydiving on a Thursday, I should be what I consider to be wealth or for me to be wealthy. To be able to go skydiving on Thursday, and I think about the price tag to get me to go skydiving on Thursday, and mm-hmm. do so in a comfortable fashion. I wanted to live, you know. I consider wealth to be living comfortably, um, and then having the ability to do with your time and your money what you think and you would like to do. 
right? I can, I do truly consider that to be well. I love that, man. I definitely agree. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the uh, skydiving on Thursday, man. It sounds like a good time. Yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get to do what you want. Uh -huh. I think I come from, we, I came from such a different perspective, right? Investment banking or tech or financial and uh, financial analysis, such a rigid, you know, such a regimented kind of job. Yep. And my goal was to really break out of that. Yeah. Right. And that's why I worked so hard. And like I said, made myself financially nimble to be able to get into what, what I'm into today mm -hmm. to allow me the freedoms to do what I can. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's the short term sacrifices that make a big impact. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Awesome, my friend. <laughs> so, Leo, we have talked about a, a bunch of um, like super, super powerful like tips and everything, especially for people, right. you know, just starting off in their journey. What is your best piece of advice to new investors that want to start and manage their rental portfolio or like start with their first flip or? Yeah. I know we talked about a bunch. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think I think. I think education is the most important part, yeah. right? If you're going to be in a situation, just learn as much as you can about it, yep. right? There's something you want to do with your life. There's something you want to do with at least the next three or four years of your time. Learn as much as you can because learning at that phase in your career is low risk and can prevent you for so many headaches going down the line. Um, I think education is the most important when it comes to starting. Secondly is, having a plan and also putting a timeline to that plan. I think if you don't have a timeline, I think you just can, oh, well, you know, I'll do it next year or I'll make more money next year than I'll do it next year. Life becomes a lot more complicated the older you get. Yeah. So the quicker you can, the quicker you can sit down with yourself and say, okay, I want to do X, Y, and Z under, you know, a year's time. then that's the way you can do it. Um, also, if you feel uncomfortable, you don't feel comfortable doing it alone, Finding a partner that has, you know, complementary skill sets than you have that can possibly help you get through your first hurdle together. I think that's important as well. But definitely you want to start. You know, I know when I was just an agent and I was just looking to get into real estate, I had a few investor clients that I would just show up to their flips and just stand there and just learn and just look and just be in the way. I think just being in the way, dude. No, I, yes. <laughs> being, being in the way is just so important. <laughs> go be in the way. Mm -hmm. You know, literally, if you want to go to a meetup, I know you guys do a ton of meetups, go to a meetup and just go be in the way. I bet just with the conversations you're hearing around you, you'll learn something. You have a client that flips houses. You have a friend that flips houses. You have someone on Instagram that flips houses. And that's something you want to do. DM them, be like, dude, can I go take out your trash? Can I go clean your dumpster? Can I go do something? Can I clean your property? Can I hang out with you? Can I just do something? Go be in the way somewhere, yes. right? Of where you want to be. And eventually something will bump into you and you'll learn something. Wow. I love that advice so much, Leo. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it's so That's true what I do. Yeah. It's so true though. You know what I mean? Like just always be constantly absorbing and, and be in the way, which is also going to, allow you to absorb different kinds of information and, and develop relationships. Like, right. again, like it, it's all full circle, you know, right. Like being able to, like you said, you know, like, just like give value, like, you know, go to those construction sites, like help people right. out, go to the meetups, like just, just be always like in the headspace of right. whatever you're trying to get into and things are just going to happen. You know? No, I agree. I remember I went to a client's, um, he was flipping a property 
And he's like, oh, well, I need something from Home Depot. And I'm like, oh, here, I'll go and get it for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I learned what sheetrock was that day. Didn't know it was, you know, then, then I figured out what blue board was, of course, the sheetrock, right? Just little things like that that saved me time at the end of my first flip, yes. right? Because then I didn't have to go through that little process all over again. Just go out there and, and, and be a nuisance and a squeaky yes. wheel and be in the way. <laughs> <laughs> be annoying. <laughs> it's so true, though, man. Like, and especially, like you said, like just those little things that you pick up along the way you know, that, that compound over time and everything. Like, right. I, I love it. Like, especially when like, you're just out and about, or like, you're even having like just a one-off conversation with somebody or like, you know, a, a new investor that you haven't talked to before or something. And like, right. there's one little like tiny amount of information that like you might not have known before, or like, maybe it was a little hazy, whatever, whatever the case was, but like, just being able to be like, Oh damn, like, like, that's really good to know, you know, like, that's something I can apply, you know, maybe not now, but like, it's something that's just going to come up again, maybe in like your next project. Like, oh, you know, right. like, Leo, like, explain to me the difference between like the blue board and drywall. Like, I wonder yeah. how that would go in this situation. And yeah, it's, it's all the little things, man. And like, the, the more you're, you're absorbing, like, just go right. be in the way. <laughs> go be in the way. And a lot of people think when you're, uh, <laughs> when you're doing your first clip, a lot of decisions that you're making, you're making it in that first flip setting, right? You're hearing construction noise go off. You're hearing all these things are happening around you. You know, it's a stimulus overload. So you gotta sometimes, I we've put this into kind of a business rule now is that we step out of the environment if we're gonna make a large decision and we take our time and I go, you know, if my GC's asking, hey, we're we gonna be putting this LBL here. Does it need to be 16 inches or what it needs to be? I'll go into my car, dude. And I just get away from it. And I just think, well, okay, well, how does this affect my finished ceiling? How does this affect my kitchen builder? How does this affect this and the other? And I'll go through it in my head because sometimes making a decision in the moment, construction has a domino effect, right? Real estate has a domino effect. And, and just being sure that you're doing the right things is important and knowing when to say, okay, you know what? Let me think on that. I'll get back to you on it. Even when you're talking to sellers, people can feel that you're not confident if you're starting off the phone, if you're starting off cold calling, if you're asking them questions. Um, so it's just it's part of just learning as much as you can. I love that, man. You're you're 100 yeah. percent right. You know about like even like you know when like I don't know you're you're doing things that are kind of uh, kind of important or I guess more like mind mind oriented. To be able to take yourself out of those environments like really helps in terms of clarity and and stuff yeah, like that you know definitely. and it's it's huge man like i i can't even like describe it like scientifically but like just like <laughs> taking yourself out and like or, like you know if you're if you're putting like a um for so for uh like the podcast and stuff like that i use the um what's it called the traction uh yeah. EOS like vision organizer and stuff yeah and like whenever I fill out one of those things like I need to be like way the hell away from like my house <laughs> or like or whatever like or something in Leominster like I would rather be sitting in like a Panera or or like right. a coffee shop like I don't know what it is man just like the the ambiance and like the right. like mental freedom to just be like on your own and be like all right like there's nothing that requires my immediate attention right now like I can just like 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 right. just breathe and and just figure this thing out <laughs> right know? and i agree exactly and there's you know, and there's a value to that 
Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. There's a value there, you know, mm-hmm. and then even like when sometimes when I'm making a hard phone call, when I'm calling a buyer that the closing is being delayed, that I'm telling a contractor that I need to push it a few days or that I need them to move quicker or that I need, I'm very aware of my tonality. I'm very aware of what I'm saying, how quickly I'm saying it. Yeah. And it's just one of the, just being in connection with yourself and what you're saying to those people that are with, with you or working for you is just so important. Definitely, man. I love it. <laughs> so Leo, I got one more question for you, my friend. Hey, the question is, do you read and what is your favorite business investing or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone? Or it could be oh, a I... podcast or anything at all. <laughs> yeah. So I read <laughs> Morning Brew. I, I, um, I read that. I read the Wall Street Journal. Nice. I can't kick that habit. I just, it's, I've been doing it for quite some time. <laughs> uh-huh. Love it. Uh, uh, I read that. I've been listening to this podcast, this real estate podcast. I'm going to find it now because I don't want to butch the name. <laughs> um, Listen, so Mark Waskowski, I don't want to butcher his name, has a podcast called Real Estate Addicts. So much value. So much value. Their podcast tons of value. Tom's podcast is great too. Um, Angel Investor. I also just, in terms of real estate books, I bet everyone says Rich Dad, Poor Dad, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Um, Myth E is really good. Yes. To be, it's just, I've been listening to a lot more podcasts now than I've been reading. So those are the top three podcasts that I listen to. Um, I also just like to watch TED Talks and just kind of in different topics that intrigue me at the time. You know, just kind of ed- education has become so democratized now that you can learn from a little bit of everything if you wanted to, right? Yeah. We're at a phase in time that if you don't know something, it's because you're choosing not to. Yes. Because it is rarely available everywhere. And you can find whatever medium is most comfortable for you to consume it in. You can find it, right? So if that's an audio book, if that's an actual physical book, or is that a podcast, I bet there's someone talking about the topic you want to learn about today somewhere online. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's yeah. we're in such a, a crazy world right now, man. Exactly. And like, the, depending on like how you're able to, like the framework that like you look at that situation, it, you're 100% right. You know, like there there's information overload on just about everything everywhere. Right. It's not the information that's the challenge. I feel like it's it's your desire or or whatever. You know, it, it kind of comes back right. to like an internal um, type of thing. You know, like jumping into uh, like an industry for the first time or whatever. Like, right? It's it's crazy, man. Like, it's literally like it's all out there, and like it's like concerning actually, like how much information is out there. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, you're you're totally right, man. You know, and that um the real estate addicts podcast that sounds really familiar. Is that yeah? Is that like local or I, I might be super local? Yes, yes, it's local. It's from Boston. Awesome. Okay. I'm already, yep. Yeah, choose Boston. Um, they have tons of great information, and I think for me, my next step is to get into ground up construction. Mm-hmm. So they just talk so much about it, and I'm just so happy to listen to it. I listen, I've listened to every single episode. A little bit to it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no pun intended. Like I'm going to say the one book that I read when I was kind of building my foundation back when I decided to move into my parents' house 
was The Way of a Superior Man. Um, and that was one of those books that had nothing to do with real estate, had nothing to do with business, just had everything to do with being a superior man, right? And finding out what's working for you and what you need to do to move to the next step. Um, it's a short book and it was just for me, just very important. Then I read Vivid Vision. Then I was like, okay, gotta get this together. I feel you on that one, dude. The um, I haven't read the uh, the Superior Man one. I'll definitely check yeah. it out. I, I love those kind of books, man. You know, like yeah. more like mindset and life and like self development. Like just gobble right. that stuff up, man. <laughs> uh, it was just one of those things that I was like, okay, like he talks a little bit about like the rubber band effect, and the further you are from your purpose, the more you feel those like vibrations, and the closer you are to your purpose, the less vibrations you feel. And I was at that situation where I was very unhappy in corporate. I was working like a crazy man. Yeah. Uh, I was just not, you know, I had everything I wanted, but just not my happiness. And I wasn't on that projection of where I wanted to be because I was away from my purpose, yeah. you know, and the closer I got to my purpose, the more fulfilled I felt over time, you know, even moving in with my parents, there was a huge fulfillment that came along with that, you know, and being able to realize my vision, being able to realize and grow our team, to doing $14 million in sales last year from being nothing to something mm -hmm. and taking our dreams of flipping a house, of flipping X amount of houses now, it's just, it's just been great for us. So just following that vision and having a plan of attack. It's a beautiful thing, my friend. And like, yes. it's, it's crazy, like how much those kind of books can make an impact. I actually, I right. just started um, The Gap and the Gain. I don't know if you've okay. read that one. Um, no, I haven't. I, I just started that one a couple a couple days ago, actually, and not, not to kind of go too too much into that one, but it's just it's introducing this concept that I needed probably like six months ago at least <laughs> um, <laughs> of basically like the reference point at which you measure uh, like your success and your happiness and stuff like that. Like the gap mm. is either like so the gap is pretty much like oh you know like I you know want to do like uh, like. I don't know, like 10 sales this year or something. But right. like, if you only hit seven of those, there's like a level of like dissatisfaction, like, oh crap, man, like, you know, it, it didn't work. Or you could frame that reference point on the gain of like, oh damn, dude, like I got like seven sales this year. Like I got like three right. last year, you know? And it's like, it's just reframing like your mindset, you know? And it's like, even that book right now, like I can feel like it's such an instrumental impact. You know, like just like how you look at like the world and, and your vision and like just like how right. you see things, you know, and, like I just those books, man. Oh, my goodness. Like and it, it cracks me up, man, because literally like the um, the e-myth I was actually I was in a, a store the other day. Uh, it was Savers in Wilmington because I was looking for furniture for one of my, <laughs> one of my units. And it, uh, naturally, you know, I gravitated over to the business book section because that's what we do. <laughs> and um I saw a copy of the E-Myth for like $2, man. And I was like, damn. I'm like, if only people knew like how much value and like. It's in this book right here. Oh, right. $2, dude. Like I almost bought it just for the hell of it. I'm like, like literally, like, <laughs> crazy. like you know. <laughs> it, again, oh, wow. man, like it's the information is out there, you know, and it's it's up to us to like to go get it and, and take action on it and, and run. It's, right. it's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> even, with, even with the E-Myth, if we talk about that one. If you go to YouTube and you type that in, they have diagrams and breakdowns that yeah. explain all the concepts in those books in a visual way, if that's the best way for you to learn. 
Yes. Right. So just talking about the democratization of just information out there, you can find whatever you need to find out there. Mm-hmm. You exactly. gotta just want it. You gotta just want it. It's exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Leo, thank you so so much for coming on here, man. It was it was an honor to have you, dude. I'm I'm super excited. <laughs> thank you so much, Kyle. I appreciate it. We're on um, like social media and stuff. Can you, the team, everything you want, I'll, I'll drop it down below. <laughs> yeah. So um, you can go on my personal page. I just recently converted that into like a business page. So So Willie Cuts on social media. Um, that's our team. And then Leo underscore Eclipse Capital is my handle for Instagram. And Facebook is just Leonardo Casillas. So you can find us a little bit everywhere. Awesome, my man. I'll put all that stuff in the description. Thank awesome. you so, so much, Leo. This this was absolutely awesome, man. All right, guys. That concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully, you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram. Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.